Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Hello, everyone. How's everybody doing? So good to be with you today. Is it good to be with me? <laughs> well, well, thank you guys for being here. If you're watching or listening online, we're so glad you're here as well. And uh, today I want to talk about prayer. Are you guys ready to talk about praying? Yeah? Uh, I don't know what your first reaction to prayer is. Uh, maybe you're one of those people that is, uh, you just immediately think prayer is power. Or perhaps you think of prayers, prayers where I meet with God. Uh, some of you, I know you're probably thinking, no, prayer is something that's difficult for me. Prayer is something that's not quite so easy. I haven't quite figured it out. I'm not all that good at it. I know when I was a young Christian uh, and I would hear about prayer and I, I always sort of thought it was sort of boring. You know what I mean? Like I, when I think, you know, the church would say something about a prayer meeting or a prayer room and I would immediately think, well, that's for, you know, that's for the Sunday school class that's named Young at Heart. You know what I'm talking about? You know the Young at Heart, right? They're Young at Heart but old in real life. It's for them. Because I had this picture like all the prayer warriors were the old women. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, by the way, that is, that is the most messed up understanding of prayer ever. That prayers for people who are just, you know, not us. Listen, prayers for everyone. And, and today, I, I just thought we'd talk about it. I, I've since come to understand quite a bit more. Uh, I have some deep conviction about prayer because I've seen prayer change my life. I've seen prayer change our church. And prayer is at the center of the life of Jesus. So I know I said I don't want to talk about prayer today, but I probably should correct it. I want to talk about Jesus today because when you lean into Jesus, um, you're going to find yourself leaning into prayer. And so we're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to talk about prayer. And, you know, last Sunday I mentioned that I believe it's time for us to reignite prayer in our church. I don't believe it ever died, but I do believe we need to reignite it because I know COVID has put a big wet blanket over the work of prayer um, in the church right now. And and this is week number two of a series that we've called What Now? And today we just declare that what now is we must pray. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, our, our, our staff, our team, we went away for a little retreat together, which was a lot of fun. And one night we decided to have a campfire. And so I, I thought I would go and start to build the campfire. So I went out and I, I admit that I'm not the greatest at building campfires without those little fire starter sticks, you know what I mean? Or maybe some like lighter fluid. That's, that's always what I need. But I said, I'm determined to do this. So I went out and I started to get my little twigs and my little kindling and I started putting it all together and I, and I lit the fire and, it's, and, it, and it started to burn. But then pretty quickly the flames kind of wimped out and it was just smoke but no fire. And so I just began to sing over the fire, burn, burn, burn. <laughs> uh, yes, um, I really did not sing over the fire, but we did sing around the fire later, that song. Um, but uh, no, I, instead I decided to go inside and ask Scott and Stephen and, and Joshua there. I was like, hey, do you guys know how to build a fire? And so we all, you know, went out to the campfire and we started to build the fire. This is like such the, the biggest guy story, right? Like we build fire, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And we we're like trying to build this fire together. And the truth is, is that nobody really did anything different than what I was doing. But when, <laughs> but listen, but listen, when all four of us were working together to stoke the fire, are you with me? When, when there were more than, when there was more than one, it wasn't, it wasn't an individual work anymore to build the fire, but there were like two or three, or in this case, four gathered. Are you following me? 
Do I have to fill in the punchline? You see, for something, something, whenever you're trying to build a fire, I don't know, I just feel like they become a lot stronger when there's a few, a few involved in the process, stoking that fire. You see, when we unite in prayer with others, the heat goes from smoke to fire. And I want to see the consuming fire of God in our city and in our lives. And I just am convinced that it will, it will require united prayer. That's why we're calling our church to three days of nonstop prayer. That's why we will continue to call our church to, to movements of prayer. Is because we believe that if we want to see a move of God, it will not be absent of united, passionate prayer. And so, so you guys are with me today, I think, right? So, so, so uh, here's what I want to do today. I have five thoughts about prayer that I'm going to encourage us with. Hopefully build our faith. Hopefully build our, our, our desire to lean into prayer. And, and to not to see it as boring. To not see it as it's for someone else. But to see it as prayers for everyone. And so the first thought is what I just said. Um, united prayer builds, builds the fire. United prayer builds the fire. And, and I think this is going to get us going somewhere today. You know, the other day, it was actually yesterday. Yesterday was my son Grayson's birthday. He turned seven years old. And when Grayson was born, we had a bit of a, a scare right, right as he was being delivered. As he, as he was born, he came out, he wasn't breathing. And uh, he, had, he had swallowed a bunch of fluid, and it was blocking his air, airway. And so immediately in the moment when we're all supposed to be excited, you know, the nurses are jumping into action, the doctor, everybody, we go into kind of panic, right? And so what do I do in that moment? Well, I immediately begin praying, right? That's what you do in those moments. And I'm like, Lord, you know, please help him be okay. Help take care of him in this moment. You know, do whatever needs to be done, but Lord, we just ask that he's okay. And, uh, and in, in about... After the longest 30 seconds of our life, right, they were able to clear enough that he began to breathe. And here's a picture of him actually in that moment where he goes into the NICU, right? He goes into the NICU and uh, he's in there for 24 hours to be monitored, all this sort of stuff. And after the scare is over, by the way, I show you this picture because it was a bit awkward when I went into the NICU. My son was a nine-pound child. And if you've ever been in the NICU, <laughs> most of them are preemies. And so this, I, we literally had a giant baby. I was like, oh my gosh, we got the biggest child on planet Earth. And... Uh, but he was fine. And, but here's the thing. Those, what do people do when they're desperate, when they're afraid? They pray. When people are in need, when they need guidance, when, they need, when, they're, when they're extremely grateful even, people pray. And I say people, I mean all people, not just Christian people. All people pray. Statistics show that most people, not only of religious faith, but even agnostics, will at times pray. Because when you don't know what else to do, people pray. And I think that's quite interesting because I feel like it has something to do with who we are created to be. Something inside of us calling us to who we really are. It's almost like God put something in us in which we are creator, created beings that are supposed to be dependent upon a creator, right? So the second thought about prayer today is just this. Is that prayer pulls us into who we really are. It's almost like God put this homing beacon in us, right? right? Prayer pulls us into who we really are. We are created to pray. That's why whenever we, else, we don't know what to do, we pray. And I don't know about you. When I say prayer pulls us into who we really are, just follow me for a minute. Because I, don't, I know I don't like to be... Sometimes you have those moments when you realize I'm not really being me. And, and I don't like those moments. And, and I think we struggle to live into the image of God at times... But prayer is actually the pathway that leads us into who we're supposed to be. 
that it actually takes prayer to actually discover the things that God has for us. So let me, let me just keep going. I'm going to dig a little deeper. You guys okay with this? All right, so check this out. Prayer is the eschatological force pulling you into you. All right, you guys, you guys, <laughs> let me help you out, all right? Eschatology is one of the great theological words. Everyone say eschatology. <laughs> eschatology simply refers to religious doctrine of what is to come, the future. God's destiny that's ahead of you is the eschatology of your life, right? I can't even say it. So prayer is the eschatological force pulling you into you. Let me help you out a little bit more. In other words, if you are a believer and you're not praying, then you are not headed towards God's destiny for you. You're headed someplace else. There was a big mmm on that one. You're headed someplace else because it's only by prayer and connection with the Father that you'll become who you're supposed to become and go where you're supposed to go. Mark Batterson in his great book, um, really inspiring book on prayer circle maker, he says it this way. He says, prayers are prophecies. They are the best predictors of your spiritual future. Who you become is determined by how you pray. Ultimately, the transcript of your prayers becomes the script of your life. You see, what, I think what really, if you're getting underneath that even, what does that mean? It means that through prayer, God works through prayer to unlock your heart. And he, he starts to open your mind to the things that not only are his heart, but he unites your heart to his through prayer. And so whenever you begin to pray, you begin to pray maybe the things you want, but God opens your heart, unlocks your mind, and you begin to pray the things that he wants you to pray. And they become the transcript of your life. So let me break down a few myths about prayer, all right? First of all, prayer is not for the spiritually elite. And when I say that, I know that some people are intimidated by prayer. And so it's, it's really not just for the spiritually charged up people in life. Prayer is for everyone. Number two, the goal of prayer is not to be good, get good at praying. These are a few myths, by the way. I'm just break, breaking some myths down. The goal of prayer is not to be good at praying. <laughs> people think, I'm no good at praying. They're really good at praying. The, the goal is not to be good at praying. The goal is also not to be really good at praying a long time, even though we're challenging you to an hour of prayer. <laughs> but that's not the goal of prayer. No, no, no. Here's the prayer. The goal of prayer, this is thought number three, by the way. Prayer, the goal of it is to increase your awareness of God in every moment, every word, every action. I was reading a book by a guy named John Oatberg uh, not that long ago, and he described the various ways that we talk to people. And he says, you know, when someone's in front of you, you talk one way to them, but when someone's not in front of you, you talk another way. None of you do that, but that other person does that about you, <laughs> right? And maybe it's good and bad. Maybe you just talk different about them when they're in your presence than when they're absent from you. You see, prayer can be the same way, that whenever we are praying, it's like God is right in front of us and we are praying big, bold, sometimes very faith-filled prayers honoring him but whenever God is away from us, and I put away in, in quotes because he's never really away, but when God's away from us and we're not in prayer, well, we might be, we might be actually having totally different uh, acts and beliefs in another way. In other words, I'll say it this way. It's in, this is true for many of us. In prayer, we have faith-filled words of prayer followed by faithless acts of living full of worry, doubt, and fear. So in prayer, when God is in front of us, we speak one way, 
And when we're not in prayer, we act another. So the goal of prayer is to increase your awareness of God in every moment. God is always right in front of you. If we lived every moment as if we were praying, maybe this is why Paul said, pray without ceasing. You know, I've always been like, I mean, what does that really look like in life? That verse comes out of 1 Thessalonians 5, great verse. Starting in verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. These, these are some of the best three verses in the Bible, by the way. Everyone say rejoice. rejoice. Everyone say pray. pray. Everyone say give thanks. give thanks. That's God's will for you. If you've ever been trying to figure it out, there you go. But here's the thing. You may not be literally praying every moment, but when we live like we pray, when we live aware that God is right there in front of us, then we actually start to be praying without ceasing because our attitude and our heart and our mindset is always like we're in prayer. I often um, reference the moment when the disciples asked Jesus this question in Luke 11, verse 1. They asked him a question and they said this. It was a really profound question. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. I love that question. It's the only question in the scriptures that we can find like it. They don't ask Jesus a lot of other direct questions like this. There was never a moment when they said, hey, Lord, teach us to preach. They never say, hey, Lord, teach us to turn water into wine because that'll make us really popular at the parties. They never asked any direct questions like that, but they did ask this question, Lord, teach us to pray. So Jesus then taught them the prayer that a lot of us know. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And it's recorded in Luke 11, but it's also in Matthew 6. I'm gonna read you the Matthew 6 version. And then I'm actually going to read a little bit more from Luke 11 because Jesus follows up the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11 with an illustration about prayer. But we'll start in Matthew 6, verse 9. He says this then, so Lord, teach us to pray. And he says this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is a word of praise, by the way. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a word of submission, Lord. We need your kingdom to come here. Give us today our daily bread. This is, this is a request for the, to provide for our needs. Forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It's a prayer of understanding. We need the forgiveness of God, confession of our sin. But we aren't going to ask for forgiveness if we're not willing to forgive others ourselves. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, help us overcome temptation like you did in the desert. But also deliver us from the evil that has been in our lives. Uproot it, take it out, deliver us. He goes on, Jesus does, in Luke chapter 11, verse number 5. Then Jesus, after he explained how to pray, he gave him this illustration. Imagine what would happen if you were to go to one of your friends in the middle of the night and pound on his door and shout, Please, don't you have some food you can spare? A friend just arrived at my house unexpectedly. I have nothing to serve him. But your friend says, Why are you bothering me? So, this is, this is hypothetical. Jesus says, this, you would think this is what your friend would say. But your friend says, why are you bothering me? The door's locked. My family and I are in bed. Do you expect me to get up and give you our food? And Jesus says, no, but listen, that's not what's going to happen. Because of your shameless audacity, even though it's the middle of the night, your friend will get up, get out of his bed, and give you all that you need. He's basically saying, listen, your friend's going to be so like overtaken with your audacity to do this that he'll probably give you what you asked for. So it is with your prayer. 
Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. Every persistent, everyone say persistent. Every persistent person will get what he asks. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. So the fourth thought that I want to share about prayer is this. Pray the way you should live and live the way you should pray. You see, I must pray the way that I should be living. If I should be living as a hungry and thirsty person for God, if I should have a hunger and thirst for God, shouldn't I be praying that way? If I should be praying, if I should be living uh, words of praise, like a person filled with praise, like hallowed be your name kind of praise, shouldn't I be praying that way? And conversely, conversely, shouldn't, shouldn't I live the way I should be praying? Shouldn't I live believing that God is for me and that God can do anything? So shouldn't I pray the same way? Shouldn't I pray believing that God is for me and that God could do anything? See, I believe it's absolutely imperative that you believe that God is for you. If you don't believe that, then you'll pray small, timid prayers. If you do believe that, then you'll pray, you'll pray big, audacious prayers. And one way or the other, those prayers are going to lead to a life. Small, timid prayers lead to one life. And big audacious prayers lead to another. See, the eschatological force of prayer leads you into you. When you pray, believing that God is for you, and when you pray, believing that God can do anything, it leads you to a kind of life where you get to see those things unfold before your eyes, become who you are. You see, I feel like I've experienced that, meaning... Even this room right here, and I know we reference it a lot, it's a big part of our church story, but this room right here is an example of this shameless audacity that a group of people prayed with for some time. Many of you know this, but years before we met in the Tower Theater, we prayed and prayed that God would do the miraculous and, and put us specifically in this place. Not only did he do that, but of course he's done more, and we don't have the time to recount the whole story today, but I, I know where the story begins, and that's the part that I want to point to. It begins with prayer. You know, I personally have walked countless prayer walks up and down this street, around this block, not just praying for this, but just praying for our church and praying that God would put us in this community in a way that would change this community. And I know a lot of you have done prayer walks, Christy and I have. A lot of you early adopters that were here in the early years, you remember praying and begging God to give us a church home before we had a church home. And then we'd always add sheepishly at the end. And if God, if it's your will, could it be the tower? I mean, that'd be crazy. That'd be impossible. I know, God. But we'll at least ask. That's what it felt like every time. But God, I'll take that little shack over there if that's what you want, you know. You see, I pray prayer walks and, you know, every step, like saying, Lord, we want to claim this territory for your kingdom work, right? For his authority and his power to reign. In other words, Lord, let your kingdom come. You know, what if you prayed prayers like that over your neighborhood or over your workplace before everybody else got there? And when you started to pray, hey, God, will you make this ground holy ground? You see, we get to, when we pray, we get to bring heaven to earth. We get to actually pray heaven to earth. We get to say, Lord, may the realities of what you do in heaven actually be seen here on earth. That's a pretty crazy thought, but that's what prayer is all about. 
his kingdom come. I was talking the other day to Leslie about how crazy it is that we walk around here as if things are normal. The things that seemed impossible six, seven, even three, four years ago, they literally seemed crazy and impossible are now normal to us. That's the kind of God we serve. And that's not just about the things that he's doing through a, a room that we meet in, but it's about the things that he's doing within the lives of people that we see. God is doing a work just in our little tiny little church and tiny little speck in the world, and he's doing that times a million around the world, times a billion around the world. You know, Mark Batterson, uh, one more quote from him, he says this about prayer. He says, the great tragedy of life is the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. About two and a half years ago, we caught the vision for leaning into prayer as a church, and we had our first 24-7 prayer uh, season of prayer, and it was, it was for 14 days leading up to uh, Easter in 2018, and we prayed nonstop for 14 days. It was an amazing thing. And, and, and in that season, we first began to pray a few audacious prayers. And I always like to bring us back, and some of you, these are new to you, but I want you, I want you to hear them. We started to pray, Lord, we ask for more of your spirit. And it's probably why we pray around here so often. You might hear us say, come Holy Spirit, come, because we want more of your spirit. We also started to pray for more salvations. We wanted to see an evangelistic outpouring happen. We wanted to see revival happen. And revival is always going to happen. Uh, whenever revival happens, salvations are always going to happen right along with it. We also prayed for more healings, physical healings, spiritual healings, emotional healings, and which is, a, which is kind of a, a scary prayer to pray. But we've seen more healings since we started praying that prayer than I've ever seen in my life. And in fact, just the last two weeks, we saw people get healed right up here in the front. And you know... The fourth thing we prayed is more breakthrough, that we would, we would see God break through and break through the walls that have re restricted people, not only spiritually, but maybe emotionally or mentally. We just wanted freedom to break through. And we prayed those four things. And my experiences, my experiences are telling me that prayer is working because I can think about what my life and what our church life was like before those prayers and what it's like since those prayers. And every one of those prayers is being answered. Prayer is working in many people's life. Clearly everything is imperfect. Clearly there's still a lot of chaos, not only in our lives, but in our world. There's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of need, which is all the more reason to just kind of read a verse like this that says, we need to keep persistently asking, seeking, and knocking. Not as a way to try and strong arm God. See, this is the thing that some people will call foul on. Hey, you can't pray that, and you can't name it, claim it, you can't, you know, all these sorts of things that I'm totally in agreement with. We never want to strong arm the Lord into anything. It's not our way. We want to humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God, repenting of our sin. That's where we begin in prayer. So we have to pray like we should live, and we need to live like we should be praying. You guys know the story of uh, the church in Acts chapter two verses, or chapter one and two. Uh, we actually see evidence of the first prayer room. Acts two one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. If you don't know this story, this is the story where the church is born. This is the story where the Holy Spirit enters into the disciples and a whole bunch of amazing things happens after this. So a couple things that I want us to notice about that verse though. First of all, they were together in one place. Now, most people believe that this one place was the same place that Jesus had his last supper with his disciples, which is commonly known as the upper room. All right, so there's a room, 120 people are gathered in this upper room, and it says right here at the very beginning of what we call the church, 
They are gathered in a room praying. And I've said this before, but the church was born in a prayer room. And I love that. That this is where the church and, and what we know of the church actually begins. And it's in a prayer room. The other thing to notice is it was, it was the day of Pentecost. Which the day of Pentecost is 50 days after uh, Passover. And Jesus was crucified on Passover. And theologians and Bible says that Jesus spent 40 days as a resurrected Christ after he was crucified with his disciples. And then in Acts 1, he ascends back to heaven. And it's believed that that was 10 days before Passover. It's some pretty complicated math, right? And so 10 days before. So that means they went and gathered in this room for 10 days together and prayed. So they're praying, crying out to God for 10 days-ish when we struggle to pray for 10 minutes. This is why leaning into three days of nonstop prayer can be powerful. Because together, we stoke the fire. We can fan the flame. The smoke can become a consuming fire. Breakthroughs coming for those who come together and pray without ceasing. You know, there's another moment and I, I love to just think about this moment because it's so compelling to me. But, but Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and he asks his disciples to come and pray with him. And he says, hey, come pray with me. And Jesus goes off and he prays and then we'll pick up here in verse 40. I'll put that up there. He says, then he returned to his disciples. So Jesus has been praying. Then he returns to his disciples and found them not praying but sleeping. He found them sleeping. And he says, couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? And he asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Couldn't you just pray with me for one hour? And my encouragement to you is just don't sleep through this opportunity. Don't sleep through the things that God puts in front of you that says, you know what? This is for you. It's not for them. It's not for the old lady. No offense, old ladies. It's not for the spiritually elite. Don't sleep through it. And so many Christians, they, just, they sleep through the opportunities that God puts in front of them because they don't feel like it's for them. And I'm saying, no, 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 this is for you. This is for you. Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh will tell you, don't worry about this, don't do this. So our hope is that you'll join us for one hour of prayer this week. Either you get signed up or you sign up and pray at home. Just pray somewhere. And I know it's a step of faith. I know it's out of the comfort zone for a lot of us. It's out of my comfort zone a lot of times. But I know that there's no pressure, even though I'm encouraging this, there's no pressure or guilt. Because I do know this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never shames or guilts us into anything. He only invites us into something. The enemy will shame and guilt you. But the Holy Spirit only compels you. And so if you are compelled by the Spirit... I would encourage you to listen to it. Don't allow the guilt of the enemy to push you into anything, though. So one of your thoughts may be, well, how do I pray for an hour? That's a long time. It really is. Like, praying for an hour, like, yeah. Well, uh, we've designed a prayer guide for you, friends. And uh, this morning, I, I, you're going to get it on your way out, but we'll also have it on the website, all the good stuff. But I just want to give you kind of the gist of it real quick. I got a, I got a graphic here. Um, this is a prayer wheel, which we adjusted from what we used to do. And it's got seven steps in it. And if you did every one of these for five to 10 to 12 minutes, you, you would get to close to an hour. And uh, so here's what I, I would say. You can do whatever you want. 
But just think about this prayer. This is actually modeled after Jesus's prayer to the disciples when they said, Lord, teach us to pray with the addition of one thing. The very first step, uh, it says, Lord, teach, when he says, Lord, teach us to pray, I would just say this is almost like an invitation, right? So come Holy Spirit. So if you began your prayer just inviting the Holy Spirit to come and just sat in his presence, waited on him almost like the, almost like the disciples did when they were in the upper room, right? And they were waiting on the Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, waiting on your presence. And then you begin to praise him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And just start to give him words of praise and words of, of thanks and love. And just spend some time just thanking God. And then begin to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if you just started to pray? What does your kingdom come look like in your life and in your city? Well, it starts to look like, God, we need you to heal our city. We need you to heal our land. We heal our world. So it's like, Lord, there's a global pandemic. We need your kingdom come. But Lord, we also, we also know that right here in our city, we want to see revival. So Lord, we want to say, we want to pray more spirit. We want to pray more salvation. We want to pray more, more, more healings and more breakthrough. By the way, in Acts 2, after, after the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, do you know what, ha- what happened in the rest of the story of the church? <laughs> well, the Spirit was poured out upon them, so there was more Spirit. Salvations broke loose. That chapter, Peter preached a message, 3,000 came to know him. The very next chapter, healing started to break loose in the, in the church. And then the very next rest of the story is about all these sorts of breakthrough that were happening as the church started to break through into the world. So I'm just wondering, like, if those prayers aren't just made up, but they're just, this is the story of the church. We're going to see that happen whenever we lean in and pray together. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The fourth thing, needs. You just come to him and say, Lord, I have needs in my life. And it's okay to ask him for the things that are going on, the problems that you're facing, the relational challenge that you, the challenges that you have, the things that you say, Lord, I want to present this request to you. Give us today our daily bread. That is a prayer of provision. Lord, I need you to provide for some, provide something for me. Forgiveness, forgive us, I always forgive others. So this is obviously the opportunity to say, Lord, I, I wanna just ask for forgiveness in my life, the sins that I've committed, and I want you to, 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 to forgive me, but Lord, I'm not gonna ask for forgiveness without looking into my own heart also and asking you to help me forgive others. The sixth one is to overcome and deliver. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We need God's protection, don't we? We need him to help us overcome the sins in our life, the temptations in our life, and then deliverance. And in case you weren't wondering what that is, it is literally delivering you, setting you free from something. And some of you have addiction. Some of you have things in your life that it's, it's rooted deep and it needs to, that we need to get below the root. We need to uproot it and we need to ask God to deliver us from that. And then the seventh thing is just adding what Jesus added in Luke 11, that we would pray with shameless audacity that we would believe God can do anything and we would lean in and ask God to do the impossible, to start praying like we should be living. Maybe this is the area where you'd say, God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a healing. I need a breakthrough. So my hope is that you're encouraged today to pray. And if you're keeping notes, I have a fifth thought. (laughs) Um, I bet you thought I forgot it. But the fifth thought is this, prayer is for everyone. Oh, you said that already, I know. I said it a bunch, but prayer is for everyone. And what I mean by that is we're gonna build this fire, if we're gonna build this fire, it's gonna take us all building the fire together. 
No more dipping our toes into the pool and claiming that we're swimming. It's a cannonball into the pool of possibilities that our God has for our future. Are you with me? Amen. It's a good place to stop. I believe God wants to move today. You know, we're talking about praying in a few days, but I believe in prayer, God wants to do some things today. And so I'm just gonna, we just wanna give some room for prayer today and some room to move. And so would you just bow your heads? I just believe God wants to do something right now in some of you. And right now you might not even quite be quite ready for it, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is probably uh, already beginning to prepare your heart. You're starting to feel like he's been speaking to you all morning through worship, through the things we've said, Jesus have felt his presence with you. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Come and do what you want, Father. Come and have your way. We invite your presence in such a way that, Lord, we would truly, as your word says, that we would humble ourselves right now in this moment, that there'd be no pride in this room, we, we, we just cast it out, Father. We pray against anything that would be of the flesh. And so we know that the Spirit is willing at times, but the flesh is weak. So right now we ask for more of the Spirit coming in this room. I specifically want to point to four things with your heads bowed that, I just, that were really just a part of what I just mentioned um, as the seven steps to one hour prayer. And I just felt like I was supposed to hit all four as I prepared this and just prayed on it, and I just felt like I was supposed to just mention the four words, need, forgiveness, overcoming, and audacity. Need, forgiveness, overcoming, and audacity. I know I didn't necessarily speak or teach to those things today, maybe just touched on them, but I feel God actually wants to move in these four things today, and so let me just talk about them. First of all, need. Let me just ask you, do you have a need today that you need to present to God. Maybe it's a problem that you are facing. Maybe it's a financial need that you don't want anybody to know about. Maybe it's a need that you just need God's help with a circumstance. Do you have a need? And if you do, I want you to consider it right now. And even in your own moments, even though I'm praying with you, you're gonna start praying as well. And you're just gonna say, Lord, this is the need that I have. So I want you to just present that need before him. I want you to identify the need and I want you to name the need. As you identify the need and just name the need. And if that's, if, if I'm speaking to you right now, just allow the Holy Spirit to hold that thought in your mind. He's given you a need. He's brought it to the surface and you need to present it to him. So just hold that. I want to move to this next one, forgiveness. Do you need to be forgiven today? Is there, is there something you need to ask the Lord to forgive you of? If something's coming to your mind right now, just hold that. And I wanna follow up with this. And this is the one that I specifically felt something about today that some of us are gonna to need to move on, but do you need to forgive today? Is there a person you've been upset with, hurt by, held bitterness towards, and it's stealing life from you? I want you to consider that person right now or those persons and I want you to just allow them to come into your mind right now and say, God, I need to forgive this person or these people. I'm just asking you to hold these thoughts as God brings them to the surface. 
The next one is overcome. Do you have temptation that you need to overcome today? Do you have temptation that you need to overcome? Do you need the deliverance of God's power over the work of the enemy in your life? I believe right here in this room, there have been some of us that have been experiencing the work of the enemy attacking you. You actually may feel under attack right now. And some of you would say, yeah, I have a lot of spiritual warfare going on right now. And we just want to pray today for the overcoming power of Jesus over the enemy. So just hold that thought. And the last one is audacity. Perhaps today you need to shamelessly ask God for the miracle. Do you need healing? Do you need a breakthrough? I mentioned that last two Sundays we've seen people come forward. Last Sunday there was a young lady who came with back pain and we prayed that pain to leave her. And while we were praying, the pain completely left her back. And I just want to declare, as I've been saying, God still heals. And perhaps you've been asking for a healing and it hasn't come. But remember what the scriptures teach us. Be persistent in your asking, seeking, and knocking. So I just want to ask real quick. I just mentioned four things. Needs. And need today. Forgiveness. Overcoming. And audacity. If any one of those four things, God brought something to your mind that you were like, I, I feel like he's bringing this to mind. Would you just lift your hand? Lift your hand real quick. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody else, just lift your hand. No shame, no guilt, no fear. I hope and pray that those that um, maybe didn't get anything, that the Lord is speaking to you in some way. But for those of you that are raising your hand, I just want to pray a prayer over you. Father, right now, I pray that you would release what needs to happen today in this room, that you would answer needs, you would give forgiveness, you would help forgiveness uh, happen in people's hearts. You would overcome evil and you would do the miracle. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to come and receive prayer and we're going to try and stoke that fire together. But I don't want to, I want to close with one more invitation. Everybody's heads bowed. Just one, one more moment. But today, if the Lord's speaking to you just about a relationship with him and you would say, you know, I don't know if I know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I've never, I don't even know that language very well. Uh, if you've never would have identified yourself as a for sure Christian, but you've had a lot of doubts in your life about what it means to live, live for the Lord, I would just say you can have peace with God today. I know that a lot of people struggle with saying, well, I'm a believer, I've grown up kind of around the church, but I just have never really surrendered my life to him. Well, I'd say right now, today you can surrender your life to him. And it starts with a prayer and it says this, that Jesus, I just give you my life. I give you my life. And today, if you want to know more about that, I'm just gonna invite you to come up in just a moment and talk with me, talk with one of our prayer team members and just say this, just say, hey, I wanna talk about what it means to have a relationship with God. And I know that takes a lot of courage and I just wanna wanna pray courage over you. But I wanna say also, we believe that this is the most important decision any person can make. It's to give their life to Christ. And so Father, we just pray right now, I pray over any person in this room that needs to give their life to you today, that today you give them courage to just have a conversation. So they can ask questions, they can know more, and they can, they can even make the decision to follow you if they want to. So Lord, we trust you today, and we ask you in Jesus' name for your authority to be released in this room, that we wouldn't leave here without letting you do the work that you wanna do. 
We only ask because we believe you can. We only ask because we believe you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you want prayer today, if you raised your hand, I know there's a lot of people, but if you raised your hand and you're like, I think if I prayed with some today, it would be very helpful. It would even be an opportunity to see if God can move in a powerful way. I'm gonna be right over here. Our prayer team will be over here and we'd love to pray with you. The last few weeks we've been praying for people. They've just been lining up and we just pray until everybody's got prayer. And so again, no rush, no hurry. You're here today. You might as well be prayed for. That's the way I see it. Like you've shown up. So we might as well let God move. And so I wanna encourage you to come forward and pray. If you just, if you wanna talk with, about what it means to know Jesus and have a relationship with him and to get peace with God, just come right over here as well and just say, hey, I wanna talk about what it means to know God or have a relationship with him. We'd love to chat with you. All right, my friends. Well, we begin three days of nonstop prayer in just a couple days. I hope that you guys will all join us. When you're on your way out, you're gonna get a, a, a prayer guide and then the, the banner for the prayers right on the wall. Would you guys stand with us? I'm gonna say one closing prayer over us. Oh God, we give you, we give you our life. And Lord, as you instructed your disciples, we pray it today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You can pray this with me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us as we forgive the others and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, we love you. We pray all these things in your name. And everybody said, love you guys. We're right over here for prayer. We'd love to meet with you in prayer. Come right over here right now. You guys have a great Sunday. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.